Welcome to the latest edition of the NPM podcast. I am John Burke, managing editor of NPM. Joining me today in the pod is Peggy Flannery, principal Generate Capital, to have a discussion on community solar. Uh, Peggy, uh, thanks for joining the program today. Thanks so much for having me. So we might as well start you off with a three-part question because, you know, I'm just all about complicated. Um, (laughs) First of all, Tell us what Generate does. Uh, maybe give us a simple walkthrough of what Generate solar assets look like. And finally, maybe you can um, just talk about your background in solar, and we'll go from there. Sounds great. Um, Generate is an investment and operating platform focused on sustainable infrastructure solutions. Generate owns and operates about $2 billion worth of assets that fall into a few broad categories. First is waste to value. An example would be that we own a number of anaerobic digester plants across the country that turn food and dairy waste into renewable energy. Second is the transportation sector where we own things like electric bus fleets. And third is the power sector. And that's where we own and operate a number of community solar projects. And we're increasingly starting to invest in larger scale renewable projects. Second question was a simple description of Generate solar assets. So solar is a big part of what we do at Generate. It's about a third of the investments that we've done to date. And we operate a number of distributed energy projects and have begun investing in utility scale solar as well. Community solar is a thriving business area for us where we've deployed over $400 million directly into a number of different portfolios. And most recently, we announced an investment in Nexamp, which is a development and operating platform in solar. My background in solar is that I've spent 12 of my 16 working years in solar and storage with a focus on sustainable infrastructure. And what gets me most excited about my work is really helping to get projects done that provide a positive environmental, social, and economic impact. I really got a taste of that when I started my uh, career in solar in 2010 with Sun Edison. And in that role, I was working on looking at new business opportunities to really help deliver solar solutions to a variety of different customers. And in that role, I got to go around and talk with different customers all around the country. And for example, I would go to school districts and talk to them about how they could get solar and really and really provide a big economic impact to those communities. I, I would hear from school boards who would say that multiple teachers' jobs could get saved with a financed uh, renewable energy project. And both of my parents worked in public schools when I was growing up, so that was really inspirational to me. So I learned how to uh, really think like a developer in my time at Sun Edison and wanted to bring that perspective to an investing role which is when I joined Generate five years ago now to lead our investments in community solar. Excellent. Thank you for that. Well, 12 years almost sounds like a lifetime for solar development because I guess you get, get to see all of the price points um, you know, in, in the development of uh, these projects. But why is uh, community solar such a rising asset class at this point? Community solar is huge right now. <laughs> it's a really growing area. Um, I think for people who aren't familiar with community solar, it's really a distributed energy project, typically one to five megawatts in size, where 
that really the entire community is invited to participate. And each of the different subscribers who participate in the project tend to get a five to 10% discount on their electricity bill. Um, so there's really a lot of benefits that go to the community in a lot of different forms. I think there's really three main reasons that I think that community solar is growing. Number one, it creates equitable and affordable access to clean energy. So there's clearly this social impact coming from community solar. The idea that truly the whole community is invited and that includes renters and also small businesses. And those are two particular groups who have traditionally been left out of rooftop solar. Um, it's just a really inclusive solution. And then the other piece on that is that a lot of new offerings aren't dependent on passing a credit check or providing a FICO score. So that can really broaden the range of where benefits of renewable energy are being delivered. The second reason that community solar is, is growing right now is that the, these are distributed energy resources. And there's a growing understanding of the, the benefits that distributed energy resources provide to the grid in the form of grid stability, in addition to the environmental benefits of renewable energy generation. And then finally, to me, community solar represents really the best of both worlds between utility scale solar and residential solar. You can build larger projects for a lower per unit cost because these are um, kind of medium scale projects, but you're also combining that with the added value of generating electricity closer to where it's being used. And that's higher value and higher revenue for a potential asset owner. Excellent. So uh, one area where uh, you guys have concentrated on has been in the state of New York. Um, can you maybe walk us through your portfolio of assets in New York and um, you know where the incentives are in state, which have allowed you to grow, grow in that uh, part of the country? We've invested about $400 million into community solar to date, and most of that has been in New York. We currently operate about 100 megawatts of projects in New York. And we have about 150 megawatts of projects that are in various stages of development and construction. And each of these projects participate in the New York Incentive Program, New York Sun, and that helps to encourage solar development in the state. New York is one of the largest community solar markets in the country, and they have a very ambitious target of reaching 70% renewable electricity by 2030. So we love to participate in programs like that to help fuel really ambitious growth. Excellent. Uh, so I understand that you guys also now have two community solar plus storage projects in state. Um, can you uh, talk about those developments? Definitely. That's something that I'm really proud of. Um, we worked with one of our developer partners who wanted to be at the forefront of looking at new programs in the state. And New York had announced a, I believe it was a three gigawatt goal for energy storage in New York state. And as part of that, they created an incentive program to encourage developers and owners to go after that part of the market. Again, to continue to provide more grid stability and more resources on the grid. We are really proud of uh, being one of the one of the first uh, companies to own and operate solar plus storage community solar assets in New York. Great. Um, so, 
what other states um, are you guys looking towards? Um, you know, obviously you say that a, a bunch of um, most of your your uh, solar community solar assets are in New York. What other states are you looking to grow out and expand to? And uh, what what attractive markets are are there where you guys are looking at right now? We really want to work in every community solar market and are always looking for developers who need strong capital partners they can trust. There are a few things that I like to look for in new markets. So the first one is scale. The three largest community solar markets in the U.S. are Massachusetts, New York, and Minnesota. All of those are over 500 megawatts in in terms of market size. And then second, we look for innovation in how each state looks to reach their goals. So examples of what I like to see in terms of innovation, New Jersey has a great program where they're looking to serve low to moderate income customers and have a specific carve out for that. Maryland is the same where they have a carve out for low to moderate income customers. And that's a really great way to encourage development in the way that legislators are most focused. So those are great new markets. We're also really excited about New Mexico and Pennsylvania um, as new markets for community solar. Great. Um, maybe you can uh, walk us through what are the challenges uh, today in uh, both community solar development and, and investing? I've spent most of my career helping to get projects built. So there's really no shortage of challenges that come up when you're trying to build distributed energy projects. My team alone currently has over 20 projects that are in late stage development and construction in New York. So we've dealt with all kinds of on the ground challenges. The thing that I'm most proud of when we talk with our partners is that at Generate, we are really trying to solve those problems together and take them in stride because we understand that challenges can come up, you know, when you're developing new projects. So a couple of examples of things that we've really taken in stride and really figured out how to create solutions together are, you know, we dealt with a number of permitting delays related to some of the first solar and storage projects in New York with our partners at Cypress Creek Renewables. We'd already committed to building storage projects, but the state instituted an order to update the permitting requirements for storage. And ultimately what happened is that it meant that we needed to do a a lot of additional testing and that extended the, the development and permitting timeline for those projects. The second issue is that we're really dealing with a lot of supply chain disruptions in the industry right now. Um, that's something that for anyone who's worked in the solar industry, you know, that's not unique. It's something that we've seen before, but nevertheless, it's pretty challenging as an investor when you have a specific timeline that you're expecting to deploy capital on to have those disruptions. It's something that we, we also need to take in stride. I think the third thing I wanted to say is just, I really wanted to call out how incredible our partners are at the end of the year when there's often inclement weather on uh, a lot of projects. So our amazing EPC and development partners are out, you know, driving to sites to get them energized. They're sometimes trudging through snow all during the holidays and towards the end of the year. And it's just really impressive to see them dealing with all those kind of last minute challenges at energization. 
And I think on more of an ongoing note, more of a market perspective, I think it would be tempting to say that there's a lot of competition in the market right now where there's a lot of new capital that's coming into the space and that can create more competition. And ultimately that that's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. And I think that we need all of those different players involved. We need all of the capital providers, all of the equipment providers, all the developers, because we have some very, very big goals to reach when we're thinking about com- combating climate change. Yeah, I think uh, talking about capital in the industry is a separate podcast or, or program or webinar, or whatever you call it. Um, but yes, there's certainly plenty of capital out there. I, just going back to the, the solar panels, because that is an interesting um, point you made. Um, would, you found, would you find that uh, COVID has made it more pronounced, some of the delays in the, the panels, or is it nothing out of the ordinary that you've seen? Really just relative, uh, you know, just, um, you know, regular d- disruption? I mean, what would you, how would you describe where it's at, been at for the past couple of years? I think that for me and for my colleagues who have been working in the solar industry for a long time, it's, it's really pretty um, par for the course. I think that this is pretty common where we've, we've seen a lot of different cycles where we've had, you know, excess module supply and module prices come down or where we've had tight module supply and pricing has gone up and timelines have, have been impacted. So I really think that it's um, kind of natural cycles. Obviously COVID has had incredible impacts across the board on a lot of different levels. And it's something that we've been monitoring really closely, but ultimately I was really pleasantly surprised to see how much of our solar development came back pretty quickly after having some pretty major shutdowns in New York. It's great to hear. Um, So just moving on to another topic, uh, back in May, uh, Generate announced that it put up the first six of up to 23 uh, community solar projects in New York into service under a multi-year deal with uh, the Coffee Kings uh, Starbucks. Uh, can you um, just walk us through how uh, how that deal uh, came about and how it, how it works? Absolutely. I would love to talk about it. The Starbucks deal is fantastic. Uh, one typical point of friction for renewable energy projects is raising tax equity. That's the most common way to monetize the federal investment tax credit. Starbucks partnered with Churchill Stateside Group and Generate to invest $97 million into a portfolio of 23 projects around New York State that Generate owns. Those projects provide clean and affordable electricity to local residents and businesses, including local Starbucks stores. The commitment spans two years, so that helps to reduce the friction in the process of development since it creates more of a runway to get projects done. Typically, these deals are a year in length or even shorter. And almost all developers know that that can be a really challenging part of the process. So we really at, at generate, we ease that process for our partners and help to make development as seamless as possible. Great. Um... So for large corporates, such as Starbucks and other uh, chain uh, concepts, um, what would you say the advantages are to securing a community solar deal versus a um, plan into utility scale deal? I think there's a lot of advantages. There's obviously trade-offs. I think that there's um, something to be said for wanting to knock out a commitment with a single project 
And obviously investing in distributed energy can be a little bit more complex than that. But I love how Starbucks took this opportunity and really made it their own. The sustainability team at Starbucks is really an absolute pleasure to work with. They have a lot of ideas about how to engage and support local communities. And for them, I think the big draw for this investment was that they were enabling savings for residents and small businesses in the communities where they they also have a number of retail stores. So by providing their $97 million commitment, they really enabled all of these projects. So not just one project, but they enabled 23 projects. And, and I think that's one of, uh, you know, they really helped to make all of those help. Uh, make all of those possible. Okay. They also received RECs from the transaction. They also <laughs> participate as an off-taker or a buyer of electricity from some of the projects. Excellent. Thank you. So uh, lastly, we moved to Generate's role as an investor, if you will. Uh, last month, uh, community solar developer Nexamp secured a total $680 million commitment, uh, including a um, $250 million equity round uh, led by Generate. Um, could you say um, what was the allure of the Nexamp investment? Um, or was it a process where you guys were looking at different developers or maybe get some behind the scenes about how the investment came together and what was the allure of the, the, the investment afterwards? Nexamp is a really unique platform and I'm, I'm really thrilled that I had the opportunity to work on that investment. And First, I want to say that I've been a big fan of the Nexamp team for a long time. Uh, we made our first investment in community solar in 2017, and the Nexamp team was always really thoughtful about what was next for that part of the industry. I'm really thinking about how, how to deliver solutions in a way that were going to make the most sense for customers, and they really led the way for a long time. They, so they've really been a vocal leader. I think that there was definitely a good fit with the leadership team. They're a very mission-oriented mission and values-driven company, just like Generate. So that really helped thinking about a corporate platform investment. And then finally, I think it was really alluring because it allows us to participate not only in a corporate investment, but also in an asset co-investment. And that's really been Generate's roots have been in investing in assets and in sustainable infrastructure. So this allows us to not only fuel the growth for Nexamp in terms of what's next, but also helps with that baseline of investing directly into assets that we know a lot about through our, our own business in community solar. Can't, can't avoid using the word next in that sense, could you? <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> well, Peggy, on that note, it was a pleasure having you on our program. Uh, please tune in next time, uh, Burke out. <laughs>